Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Foodie fans, welcome back to another episode, episode five. Five is actually my lucky number, so lucky number, lucky episode. And on this episode, my guest is Michael Manzi. Name should be familiar because, I mean, we've said it on this one, and he's he's the co-creator of the network that this podcast is on, the Cage Club Podcast Network. Manzi and I go back a long ways me, him, Joey, a bunch of other people on the network. We all went to Ramapo College together. But he's really the only person on the network that went to Ramapo uh, that I knew and I and I hung out with. And we've worked on a bunch of projects together. He's the person I contacted when I, uh, Brian and I were first scheming up P.S. I Love Hoffman, our previous podcast. And, I mean, and he, you know, in welcoming arms embraced foodie films so just a few things before we start the conversation uh i noticed when listening because i I listened to the episodes before we release so maybe do a little tweaking i started giving uh some trivia you know that i always i love my imdb trivia and i started talking about this character charlie he's the guy he's in charge of the building where you know where the women are furniture the very well that's the, the movie soylent green that we'll be talking about it's very crazy dystopian future and uh charlie is played by leonard stone and leonard stone i was bringing up this uh this trivia because he's going to be in another film we'll be covering which is willy wonka and the chocolate factory and he plays mr beauregard that's you know violet beauregard's you know uh father you know violet you're turning violet violet same guy. So we'll be seeing him again in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, any, anything else? Oh, yes. I just want to say uh, one of the best meals I've had in a while was at Semitas Puebla y Taqueria, which is in Union City. You know, I live in Jersey City. It was like a 10-minute drive. And uh, my roommate Tommy had actually been there before, and he always brings me a he just rides his bike around, finds these great spots. I got to have him on an episode. He's just, uh, he just, he he knows good food and he's good at seeking it out. But this place, uh, Semitas Puebla y Taqueria, uh, they had a good special, you know, it's like four tacos for 12 bucks. 
And these tacos, boy, were they just fantastic. And I know, I know, like, how, how great can tacos, how do you screw up a taco? You know, there's a, a couple, it was just that everything was so fresh. And when I say fresh, we were sitting next to this glass, you know, border window thing where you could just see all the meats, like, stewing around in just, you know, low and slow. And I saw the chorizo and, you know, the carne asada and just the you know the chicken and just all all the great meats that are put into the tacos are just stewing around together with the onions and just even the presentation on the plate put some radishes and the onions that were in the stew really nice and they also use two you know soft tortillas instead of just one for the tacos which is really nice because they were you know they were hefty tacos and sometimes you'll get the juices that'll seep through and the taco will fall apart and the, and these were just great tacos so four for 12 yeah so three bucks a taco great semitas puebla y taqueria get there don't too many of you go there because i want to be able to walk in and get my tacos but check it out listen to this episode and go right after. It's that good. I, I, I said that it was a meal that I was sad to finish because it, it meant it was over and I couldn't continue eating. It was that good. Uh, anything else before we start? No, I just, uh, you know what? Enjoy this conversation between uh, one of my older film buddies, my, my go-to sci-fi guy, Michael Manzi. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> okay we, yeah we didn't we ready didn't have, to go we didn't have lunch i didn't know what to do we usually oh that's have right we maybe we should have since it would have it's food theme appropriate you are correct me if i'm wrong like mr blt or turkey club or um what's the one i just had it yesterday i went to the diner and brought it home um taylor ham and cheese oh, yeah. taylor ham egg and cheese on a roll with some fries, something like that. I'm very easy to please, though. I know. Well, that's like the perfect diner food, right? Yeah, as far as I'm we're concerned. I've been Jersey. eating it for like 20 years. Yeah, we're from New Jersey. We're in New Jersey. We're in North Jersey. Yeah. The, the diner I, capital I, of the world. Right? I thought so. What's your favorite diner? Well, it's not much of a diner anymore, but it was suburban. And then it burned to the ground, and it got suburban rebuilt. burned to the ground? Yeah, you don't the remember. The Uh-huh. Huh. I remember driving by one day and it was just a charred remains. Oh, yeah, and they rebuilt it. It's more of like a half a family restaurant. Yeah, kind of, it's a little more upper, sophisticated. But my, I didn't like it. No. I I don't know if it was my favorite, but it was my diner. It was the Northville Diner. That was okay. like the diner of the Northern Valley. Like you know, high, <laughs> that was like, that was the diner where we went to in high school. Cool. Yeah. And it was you know it's like I think. Then the Tenafly Diner is owned by the same people. I think they might own one other as well. But there was, uh, it was after high school, but they did this huge addition. And then I remember going in there and and they like changed the decor and everything. And Mm -hmm. I go in there and right away we sit down and then like they bring over water, but then they brought over a plate that had like carrots and celery. I'm like, that's not a diner. That's not a that's not diner. No, I don't. I don't know what's up with that. Um, the one you and I go to all the time is really good. Wherever that one is, down way down by Ramapo. Oh, uh, State Line. State Line. Yeah. That's... Well, that's that. That was like our college mm-hmm. diner. But the food there is amazing. I just, I mean, just over the past twenty-five years, I'm in, the speed at which the food comes out has yeah. increased exponentially. They're pros, and they make like quality 
like food there. Yeah. And, and diner menus delicious. are like the endless, the black hole of <laughs> it's like This is this is the extent of my palate too. Like you're not gonna get me on talking about like fancy restaurants no? or anything either. Like it's all like junk food mostly. <laughs> as long as it's not soil and green. Oh no, 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 yeah. That would be um Segway. <laughs> How is that a segue? Just bringing up Silent Green. Oh, no, no, I know. I'm joking. Yeah, but what are we transitioning no, into? No, we're not transitioning to that yet. But with me yes. here is Michael Manzi, uh, co-creator of the Mothership Cage Club Network, cageclub.me. Yeah, and we're here at uh, Headquarters North, I guess you call it. <laughs> I missed you at the... I don't know when the last time oh, I saw yeah. you was, but I missed you at the the uh, Cage Club. I mean, it's Joey's housewarming, but it was... Right, right. The christening of the new studios. Yes, yeah. but there, there was it was such a big party that it needed to be two days. Yep. You were at day one. It was a, a Saturday. I went on a Sunday because I was, mm-hmm. I was up in uh, Vermont oh. getting my craft beers and my... Uh, I was actually at a yoga festival. I didn't participate. I was just uh-huh. appreciating the views. <laughs> uh, With the beer goggles. Yeah, but the, yeah, <laughs> but uh, eating all the, the healthy... F- I, I like eating some vegan food every once it, in a while. It's crazy though because Joey had like, a two day barbecue with all of his like all of his friends basically and then his friends got to meet his other friends and stuff it was very I love parties like that it was very sort of fast and furious you know like when you think of the barbecues at the end of those movies and it was like an ultimate version of that that was two days long I actually ate I was there with Brian your ex um, your ex (laughs) my ex my ex Brian Brian Um, Rodriguez yeah of uh, well now he's got his new podcast High School Slumber Party check it out yeah so uh he was there when I was there, so I talked to him a lot that day. But I ended up eating like two hamburgers and like two hot dogs. I ate a lot. That I uncharacteristically yeah. brought my appetite to that barbecue. <laughs> um, but that was really cool. A lot of hosts at that. What kind of side dishes did they have your day? Um, I, there was like a Oreo cookie cake or something. Or I think that's what it was. Yeah. I had a piece. And just like all kinds of random cookies and chips and and stuff. I don't remember anything, anyone like holding anything over their head and saying, it has arrived. Like it is, you know, or anything. Uh, Yeah, I I brought as a a little, a a gesture, just, you know, you go to a party, I like to bring like a little something. But I'm like, everyone's going to bring like something like, you know, alcohol or something Mm -hmm. like that or a homemade dish, which again, I was coming from Vermont, so I wasn't going to make anything up there and bring it down. But I brought some, uh, Vermont maple syrup. Oh, yeah, so that okay. Was, um, food is always on my mind, people. And, uh, Appropriate. And I, and I said to Joey, I said, I, I hope that this maple syrup is as sweet as the time that you have in this house. <laughs> that was a very... <laughs> That's hilarious. When yeah, when yeah. you're eating your pancakes, you can think of me. <laughs> <laughs> pancakes, waffles, or French toast? Go. Oh, Fuck, no. marry, kill. <laughs> um, no, which one's which so, your favorite out of the three? I, you know, um, I'm not a huge waffle fan. I mean, I think they get a little too crispy if you make them yeah. wrong. Uh, I love the pancakes, so I'll probably go with the pancakes. Yeah, not, the, fr- not what, the French toast. The French toast, you know, it's... That's like a fancy day. You know, um, I eat a lot of that too, but I guess I just, I'm more partial to the pancakes, yeah. Flapjacks. Flapjacks, exactly. <laughs> Stack them high. <laughs> Whatever happened, wait, so what's up with IHOP now? They're IHOP? What is that? Like, come wait, on. so it's International House of, of Burgers. Burgers. Burgers? Yeah. There's not, you know what? 
I think they realize that there's not enough burger joints out there. Really, if there's one thing America's lacking, it's, you know, <laughs> the home for a classic burger. <laughs> but, um, when I used to go to, we used to go to IHOP all the time in high school, and I would always get the um, biscuits and gravy. Ooh. That was fucking amazing. I've only been to, like, IHOP, I think, twice. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Kind of the, I mean, I could get that. I, get I don't that. know. It's just, you know, again, we, we grew up in diner culture. It, but it's kind of like biting the diner look. If you go in there, it feels like a diner, but it's yeah. like its own brand. It's strange. It's like it, it, they adopted that yeah. for well, their I'm not about setting. crazy toppings like, either. You know, like the Rudy Tutti Fresh and Fruity No, that's, that's too, too much. <laughs> I, I see those things all the time. Like, I remember I went down, I visited a friend in, like, uh, you know, like Central Jersey, a place that doesn't exist really. Anyway. Yes, it does. No, eh, well, different. <laughs> that's for my New Jersey podcast. But, uh, but yeah, I went to one of those, you ever see, like, in Facebook and, like, the news feed, it was, like, one of those crazy bagel places, okay. and it's all, so many different mm-hmm. things, and then different spreads, okay. and again, like, that's, uh, I'll have it once, I think I had the Elvis, <laughs> I think I had the Elvis, oh, uh, he's one. got his own bagel? Yeah, so it was, you know, the peanut butter, the bacon, and oh, okay. bananas, yeah. that's his... You know. Oh right, that was his sandwich. Yeah, that was his sandwich. I have That's a pot holder so that has weird. like how to make it or whatever. Elvis, like, was the man. He was like all about the munchies and like cooking up like weird, crazy shit in the middle yeah. of the night. I have a, a friend gave me an Elvis cookbook once. It's called "Are You Hungry Tonight?" Oh, <laughs> <Instead> perfect. Of... <laughs> Are you hungry? Tonight? I wish we the... <laughs> the Colonel. We gotta go to the supermarket. <laughs> I wonder if there's a like a food-centric Elvis movie. He's got a lot of movies. He's got a lot. He's got like so. I wonder yeah. if he played a cook in any of them, mm-hmm. or if it t- took place. I mean, uh, I'm gonna have to see. I, every I day, I'm very much. I'm surprised. I just uh, saw Marty for the first time. You know, Ernest Borgnine. Oh yeah, I've never He's, seen it. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, and he, did, well, he, he, he plays like, he plays a he plays a butcher. He won best. He actor won best for actor. Yeah, yeah, that was like his big. That was calling. his yeah yeah. Then, I mean, he's best known for, like, Mikhail's Navy, the TV show. Uh, uh, oh, he was on the show, Mikhail's Navy? Yeah. Oh, okay, he cool. Cam- or he's in the movie, but... Okay, because I, I wasn't sure what he... I, I knew him mostly as sort of a more, like, elderly, comedic actor yeah. when he got older and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wasn't sure what he was... And he rocks about. the hell out of Hawaiian shirts, which I can... I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt right now, so... <laughs> Oh, he wears one on the Simpsons episode where they go camping. That's why he's wearing (laughs) one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where'd you get that pocket knife, Dad? I stole it from that Borgnine guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Simpsons podcast, dream podcast. Uh, Homer loves food. Homer does love food. (laughs) It's amazing. But we're here with Michael Manzi, and we're covering... Soylent Green, as I kind of teased before, mm-hmm. 1973, dystopian, yeah, uh, suspense, future noir, yeah, future noir. What's right? what's you? I mean, when I think mm-hmm. sci-fi, I think you. Cool. You're, yeah, you're I definitely like, like up there. Uh, like we said, we're in the Cage Club North <laughs> headquarters, and uh-huh. I'm looking at a a Planet of the Apes poster, a yeah. Pacific Rim, a uh, a Mad Max Fury Road, a moon. So you're oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize like most of my you have stuff a Boba up. Fett, yeah. uh, Back Star to the Wars Future. Things. So you you know yeah you you're definitely you're like Mr. Sci-Fi. You're not yeah. only you know not only no I'd say yeah it's my favorite 
genre probably yeah. yeah and then like horror western maybe tied second and then yeah everything else could you say what your favorite like dystopian future movie is maybe do you have Ooh. one i know that's tough i don't know i People mean ask me all the time like time like you know what's your favorite hmm. i'm like i gotta give you a top five i mean i'm sure i can't think of like a really obscure fucked up one that i've seen at some point that yeah. i just can't pull the reference for but i have to say like this one might have been like the first time i was exposed to like a dystopian future like the idea that the future could be really horrible... this movie yeah yeah do you remember the first time you saw this movie? uh pretty much yeah but um i was of the bullet hole in the glass in that shot <laughs> um uh so I saw this for the first time around the same time I first saw Planet of the Apes, oh. which is still probably like my favorite movie um, of all time, the original one. Yeah. And I definitely saw this on like Turner Classic Movies one afternoon during the summer when I was like 13 or 12 or something, so I was like pretty young. And I knew Heston from Planet of the Apes, so I was like, okay, I like, I'll give this a try. And I, you know, it like scared the shit out of me like it blew my mind like I couldn't understand that like this was a possibility Uh, and then ever since then like I'd just been you know thinking about overpopulation this is a very progressive like Mm. themed movie global warming right yeah exactly like one of the first computer games is in that like apartment scene right space computer or something it's called no exactly there's also a scene with a cordless phone yeah in this movie yeah there's a lot of really um prescient sort of ideas flying around not just like the social commentary but also right like the technology and it's good to know in the future that we've got like minimal clothing options it's like everyone's (laughs) dressed as pretty much like if you're a bad guy you're dressed as like a ninja or what i what i call like a dutch fisherman and (laughs) and then everyone else looks like bakers they just have yeah i mean they've got a bit of like the um, district nine look going on because everything is just what's left like that is like they're just all living off the scraps and not just the scraps regarding food which we'll definitely get to which is like a huge mm-hmm. point of this movie but like, all like bland earth tones yeah right? but i mean there's just not enough room for people to live so there's just not enough of every of anything basically He's so like people have been wearing these stepping over people right yeah one of my favorite shots is there's a armed guard at the top yeah. of the stairwell what is in that? the apartment well that's so nobody that lives there gets past that into the rooms you know like you can congregate and sleep in the halls and stuff but you can't get into the room so it's like yeah he's like the um doorman (laughs) basically well all all doormen should have like you know m16s or whatever (laughs) at least yeah at least a a nine or something um yeah so like uh this this movie has been a favorite movie of mine for like a really long time i really it's like I don't know. I, I I think it's like a classic at this point. Definitely, like not just Heston, but Edward G. Robinson. This is his last movie. Yeah. Um, it was probably still best known as Little Caesar, a movie that came out like almost a hundred years ago. Well, <laughs> did, did you know that he was almost Doctor Sayus? That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's that he couldn't handle like the makeup the, effects yeah. and stuff. It was just too grueling. And he only died like ten days after, after filming this. this. Yeah. Yeah. So like he was ailing, but he really wanted to do it because he believed in the message. And yeah, supposedly Heston cried. Those were like real tears of his performance. But no one knew. He kept his. Uh, he, he had cancer and he kept that a secret yeah but just like supposedly just that perform but he used that and that performance like made heston during his like suicide scene which is like a very that is so that reminds me of like children of men 
you know like the quietest and everything like this this was like what 30 years before that and it it, close to 40 almost 40 yeah Um, this movie is now what 45 years old wow crazy and it could have you know they won't make it tomorrow because half of our country doesn't even believe in this shit yeah this is this is supposed to take place in 2022 new york city 40 million people in just New York. In just New York. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine the I rest think the of the population planet. of New York imagine right now China. is ten. And yeah. so we're we're four years away from this. I hope I don't think it'll jump like three hundred percent in. Uh, I like in that it's Hopefully. contained to like a city block basically because it almost feels like Judge Dredd in that way where you have yeah. like Mega City One. Ooh. You know, like it could seems like that type of thing where there's just nothing, there's nowhere to farm, there's nothing out there, so there's nowhere to live. It's just like unlivable world out there. Is this? Did did you know the line? So spoiler alert, but people. Oh yeah. Okay. Soylent Green is people. Major, so, major, like yeah. Soylent Green is made out of people. They're making our food out of people. Next thing, they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. Promise, Tiger. I promise. I'll tell the exchange. You tell everybody. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell them. Silent breed is people. We gotta stop them somehow. Um, so between that and Planet of the Apes, imagine watching those two movies the same summer and just getting your mind blown left and right. He, like, Charlton <laughs> Heston really is like the, uh, I don't, you know, there's always like Prince, Godfather, King, whatever, Duke, I don't know what you want to call him, <laughs> but like, do you think of Planet of the Apes, Soylent Green, and then those disaster movies, right. Earthquake and yeah. uh, Towering Well, I mean, Inferno, even right? even the Twelve Commandments to a degree. We have biblical films also, too, yeah. Ten Commandments. Ten? <laughs> How many commandments? <laughs> the Fifteen Commandments. <laughs> Christ. Ten. The Ten Commandments. I mean, even that's a disaster film to a degree. It's a big, epic Hollywood blockbuster yeah. show. Uh, and then he did Omega Man, which is a version of I Am Legend. Yeah. Like, it's weird how he is kind of known for that during the middle of his career. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, as yeah, much was, as I don't was, care uh, for his politics. Or... He was 50 years old when this movie came okay, out. Okay, yeah. Um, as much as I don't care for his politics and everything like that, and, and you know. Well, him and, uh, oh, I'm totally blanking right now. Who is he really? Oh, uh, Kirk Douglas were really good friends. And okay, Kirk Douglas yeah. was supposedly extremely left and mm-hmm. uh, Charlton Heston ex- extremely right. But then even Kirk Douglas, I read this like in the, the trivia, like said to Michael Moore, like that was when he went bowling for Columbine, when like he really okay. went after Charlton Heston. He's like, you shouldn't do that. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Put a gun from my cold dead hands. And imagine that conversation between Heston and, and Douglas, and he's like, come on, Chuck. He's got, they both got like these weird, grizzly voices and stuff. <laughs> he's almost doing like a bit of uh, Douglas in his performance. Sometimes. I always feel like Heston has like that clenched jaw. Yeah, it's very... One thing that's weird about this movie that, I mean, I don't know how you could, I mean, I don't even think they considered it, but just the idea that there's not enough food, but Heston is like, you know, he looks like he eats three meals a day and he's like a big, strong guy. And like, there's people like bodyguards that are big and intimidating and Mm -hmm. stuff like that's a little strange, but I guess there's enough for people who can afford it is like a big part of this. Yeah. I would think maybe the police department is, uh, 
well, yeah. I don't know, like has to keep them. That's how he gets like half his supplies. Is he just steals he's just a scavenger from? Yeah, know, like, his captain even says to him like, "Oh, what'd you take?" Right, and it's just sort of known that you do that, and you split what yeah. you find, and you just sort of share the wealth. We we have it on the in the background right now, and I'm not gonna. Unfortunately, with this podcast, a lot of like clips you want to show since it's food and you're enjoying it, it's not really you know speaking. Yeah, but this is like the we're watching right now the famous scene. Not yes. famous scene. But oh, the, yeah. No, well, this is... Well, okay, yeah. But it's, well, the, I mean, the most, like, of the food scene of this film. Oh, right, right, right. It's not, like, the end when he screams, you know, Southern Green is... But, like, yeah, I hear what you mean. No, like, that's the, yeah, the Thorn scene. and Saul are uh, eating, I guess, Saul made up the beef well, and the lettuce and the... Well, yeah, so he comes back from the main murder, like, the main drive, inciting incident is a very high-profile... Which is, like, the nicest murder of all time. And it's Joseph like, Cotton, I mean... <laughs> too. So, like, ah. if you know him, you sort of have, like, affection for him as an actor. Yeah. And this was his last movie also. Oh, wow. Uh, so lots of, lots of great last performances in this. But, yeah, so this... Uh, big official who is Simonson. He learned the secret of Soylent Green and he really, he's become a liability. So he's mm-hmm. been murdered by, you know, Big Brother, basically, as it out, is. I was a little confused. He found well, out the secret or did, no. could he just not take it anymore? He just couldn't take yeah. it anymore. Like, he was part of, like, the elite cabal yeah. who is, like, doing this whole conspiracy. And um, Chuck Heston's investigating the murder and... Um, as he's gathering evidence and stuff, he steals all the food in the apartment. And they're, like, really wealthy, so they have, like, stuff he's never seen before, like apples and beef and celery mm-hmm. and tomatoes. And, yeah, it's just, I don't know, there's just such, I always got such a strong impact from how food is represented in this film because we come from a land of plenty, basically. Excess. Excess. Yeah. And, like, so that's where Saul came from, too. So, mm-hmm. like, that's who I identify with in this movie when it comes to the food, and it just breaks my heart, yeah. you know, just that he is reminiscing about it. Like, Charlton Heston never experienced a tomato, yeah. so he doesn't really know what he's missing. Oh, I love Saul's reactions to... Exactly. And so, like, in the that paper scene, and the pens and everything, the pencils. Right, and well, he talks yeah. about how there just used to be enough to go around, yeah. and everything is just gone now. It's heartbreaking. Like, I cry several times throughout watching this movie recently. (laughs) I mean, obviously, Uh, when when he goes home, that scene is just, like, so emotional. But, like, when he first holds the beef in his hands and he starts to cry, it's really strong. It's really emotional. You know, we'll play that clip. Hey, Sal! What are you doing home? What time is it? Paper. New paper. Have some pencils. Did you ever see a cake of soap that big? Courtesy of your next assignment. William R. Simonson. Chelsea Towers West. Soil and Oceanographic Survey Report. 2015 to 2019. Two volumes. When, how'd you get all these? Off his shelves. They were the only reference books he had. You like them? Love them. Do you know how many books were published in this country once upon a time when there was paper and power and presses that worked? And... 
What the hell? Oh, my God. <laughs> Simonson was a great man. Lechayim. Have you ever had that visceral of a reaction to food in your life? So <laughs> I think so. I think oh, like okay. I think like coming probably like coming back from like a vacation or somewhere where I you know, I remember like coming back from Norway when I was a kid because uh, over there the, a lot the, of fish. the but like the um, and the American food is prepared very different yeah. differently and so there was just nothing familiar about the stuff I knew and mm-hmm. then the new stuff I didn't like much of it like how, how i wasn't old, how old were you i think i went when i was seven and then nine okay that's so yeah i yeah. I, I wouldn't either i travel much i didn't really travel internationally as a kid but like i travel much more now mm-hmm. and so i'm a i'm very much on the i'll tr- i'll try everything once you right know? and there's i mean and i do i do love a lot of food uh that i wouldn't have as a kid yeah, but that was but yeah. So you, you were there yeah. So it's tougher when I guess you're a kid anyway. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah, and so there's just um, I just remember coming home and having like American pizza and like <laughs> just you know it. yeah like almost like you know when, when people were afraid to fly come off the plane and kiss the ground yeah. I was like just savoring the pizza and like oh because at that time too I was I was like kind of overweight as a as a child and I loved. Domino's, like Ooh. there was no tomorrow. So like yeah. getting that first Domino's pizza back from like coming home from Norway, <laughs> like at the end of the summer, it was like bliss. Yeah. It was crazy. So um, every other place I went after that, I was like more of a grown up or like a teenager. So I remember I went to Japan when I was fifteen. Oh wow! Yeah, That's, I didn't know that. That's awesome. You, I never told you that. I don't think so. No oh, man, I, I could have sworn, but. Um, I love Japanese food, okay. like especially like from like when you're in Japan. Yeah, like like, tradition, f- like yeah, not yeah. Like I don't I don't even know where to. I'm not a huge sushi guy. I like sushi, but I'm not like huge on sushi. So like I don't know where to get like good Japanese food in our area. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we ate like kings in Japan. It was like incredible. Like everything, anywhere you went, it was just like delicious. Can you remember like a dish that you really liked? Uh, I just remember the night we got there. We went to some like place to get chicken, like right across the street from my friend's house, and yeah. it was just there's nothing special about this place at all. But yeah. it was just like so it's just delicious. What else was there? Was like um, we went one night to like a really nice restaurant and had to like dress up and sit nice and, and like everything there where they came out like all dressed up, and so it was sort of like a um, whole presentation was really Ooh. cool that like added. Oh to, yeah, they're, like, the, the Japanese are very, I don't know, just very on on top of right, aren't they? They're they're quiet after a movie because that shows like they don't clap. I think. Oh, I think that's. that's it's just like a sign of respect. Probably. Sign of respect, yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're very kind of. I guess they get 
like very just delicate, I guess, with the presentation of foods yeah. and stuff like that. But like great traditions. I think also if you finish, if your plate is like empty there, that's. Um... Oh yeah, I had no problem with that yeah. when I was over there. No, but I th- but I think it's like offensive. It's like that they didn't feed you enough. Oh, like did they? Oh like no, then I might have offended, offended a Japan. lot of people. Because <laughs> every morning when I think our friend's that, mom you know, would yeah. like cook breakfast, I yeah. would just like eat the entire plate so hopefully she didn't feel bad <laughs> I, yeah foodie fans correct me if i'm wrong i hope i'm not mixing up cultures but i think that was japan i'm trying to think if there was anything crazy and wild out there that i'd try i think we ate we that was like probably the one time i ate like bugs like you Ooh. know prepared meal yeah and like crickets and stuff there was stuff like that out there and like squid mm-hmm. and things like i'm down with that that's cool that's like calamar and stuff like that doesn't bother me as long as it's not mon calamari then we're good uh yeah i was i was reminded recently because on another episode i said that the the most like the strangest thing i've ever eaten was bull's testicles oh and uh in espana and that reminds me of funny farm with chevy <laughs> chase did you ever see that he eats lamb balls Ooh. i mean you got to put that on your list that's okay. a crazy scene. funny farm yeah yeah <laughs> but i had a uh grilled scorpion in thailand oh cool on a stick (laughs) (laughs) it was very crunchy really didn't taste like anything yeah that's the same with like the crickets and stuff like i never it's like all right like all right yeah i don't need this but it it looks yeah it looks gross it tastes like nothing and then like i'm over (laughs) it like um so do you think that knowing this this is a move you know again this the the line soil and green is people mm-hmm. that's on the same level as you know i am your father oh i mean yeah and does that yeah. does does that do you think i mean it's better not to know it but do you think do you think that takes away from the movie if you know no i don't think it takes away from this movie i think it takes away from star wars a bit like i don't think you should watch them yeah in order you know you should watch them in the order they were released like yes. and that's what's kind of unique about star wars Empire, that's the only one with like a twist like that in it, really, um, that hits that hard. I mean, you could claim Jedi has a twist to a degree, yeah, Yeah, yeah. but it's not, it doesn't have the same impact. I think what is interesting about this movie is, um, like Planet of the Apes, I feel like it's a more sort of sophisticated film underneath. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not, you know what I'm saying? Like, you could really, like, you could know Soylent Green as people, but that has like, kind of not everything to do about the movie like the movie is more of like a hard-boiled noir sort of conspiracy thriller yeah uh, it's more like chinatown in the future you know and it's more about his character and less about the actual mystery per se yeah and that factors in of course but i don't think knowing it can takes away all of the enjoyment because most of it is the journey that you're on with heston's character as he's discovering you know what Soylent Green is because I mean first he's being exposed to like real food and Mm -hmm. then he's figuring out that the fake food is people and we're cannibalizing ourselves and stuff and so like it the impact of that for him I think weighs heavier um and uh yeah I don't I I don't so like yeah in conclusion (laughs) I don't think knowing the twist 
ruins it. It's a little different with apes because it's much more visual. Yes. And it's the final shot of the movie. In this movie, he kind of you can kind of put it together a few scenes before he says it out loud and sure. goes to the fact you know he goes to the factory. You can kind of put it together a little bit through Saul's storyline, mm-hmm. but again, that's not the main focus of the movie really. It's more just like how are people surviving in this environment. Well, I so I had you in mind for this movie when I was writing you know the list of just all different films to cover for this podcast, but then you posted just you know. Right. A few days ago, the opening scene and just like, oh, great opening. I think well, you're good at that. Yeah. You post like every movie you watch, you put like you post on like Instagram, like a little like a picture from it. Every movie you see, you post your stub, but then you also mm-hmm. like it is a great, uh, you know, it's not food centric, but let's talk about that opening. It's it does a great job showing just like the population. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. I think it sets the movie up perfectly like it doesn't even have credits in it it's just the opening sequence mm-hmm. and it's just an, a series of photographs under a piece of music that i don't know who the music is it kind of sounds like gershwin a little bit or something mm-hmm. like that but like it that the music gets more faster and more intense and the photographs just are pictures from like you know the 1800s until present day and you can just see how industrialization is taking over and there's more things and less room and more people and less food and clutter clutter exactly like it it really gets across in the span of like um, two minutes maybe like and it makes it a hundred years of history this is 1973 and supposed to be 2022 so not believable for us now because we're just you know four years from now it's not going to be that but it is getting you know, yeah. you do have plenty of problems. I'm not saying that, but in 1973, that was possible. I, I mean, in this, I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, is is it believable that we're going to become cannibals and turn it into I mean, soil and green? I don't know. I mean, it's. But, I mean, that's the thing is like we don't even like the people of the of the world of the movie don't know that yeah. they're eating people. They think they're eating plankton. <laughs> like yeah. they think that it's like but, yeah, from the ocean. There's a lot of believable, you know. He, yeah, I think actually like a lot of this plays really well because they thought that they were making shit up that would never happen yeah. and like the more time goes by, the more likely that this will happen, that yeah. things of this nature are coming to pass. And I think already in parts of the world, like it's worse than it is in Soylent Green, you know? I mean, they're not eating people, but like there's no room to live there's not enough food there's you know the the one yeah. percent you know yeah has it all like the, and that is very much a big part of this movie is like they want it and keep it and they're just gonna starve everybody else there is one very unbelievable thing about this movie though during the like the market scene or whatever this oh, the one, riot this one woman yells out they gave me a quarter of a kilo we are never, as American, I can say we're never going to use a <laughs> the freaking metric, metric system. system. <laughs> Sir, we are a land of imperial system. We are not a metric system country. I that is bullshit. I think that might... That maybe is the, bullshit. I wonder if maybe the it was shot in <laughs> London or the... Or no, I think it was shot in LA, actually. Yeah. It was on, like, the, the lot. But, like, no, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I didn't consider that. That is bullshit. Okay. Well, that's... As a red-blooded American, I can say we'll never use the metric It's funny if that's the one thing that they get wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that's not the one. uh, No, I just... I, I, I heard that and then also brought it up in, like, IMDb trivia. I'm like, that's funny. Um, That's pretty good. Uh... 
and I just love you know so again it's a movie with a classic great line of you know something green it's you know first he says it quietly and then he goes because he's been it. shot yeah. he's got shot he got shot twice in this movie like he fights for he fights for his life in this movie yeah. um is there are you doing any other cannibal movies uh, that that's a whole yeah, line yeah, that you yeah. could go down that whole avenue if you needed to but definitely i mean this this because it's made into food I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's processed so into a certain thing. So, that's an interesting question. Like, is there a line? Like, is it still, I mean... I, a line that I cross? Like, what, because <laughs> it's, it's funny in the movie, like, you just see these bodies being wrapped in sheets. They go into, like, one side of the machine, yeah. and then out the other side of the machine, they come out as little green crackers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this movie, I mean, back then there wasn't, like, PG-13, but this is PG versus R. Right, so and limited it, effects and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, yeah, limited effects. I don't know what the budget was, whatever. But it was at least. Well, you just can't see them chop up a body and like you know yeah, process. Yeah, but even it. just seeing like a bunch of, I think you know that's a very disturbing image if you oh, saw a bunch yeah. of bodies just like tumbling down just to this. The thing. way they handle dead talking, bodies. This they... is only. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to get heavy right now uh dude lay it on me man this is the 70s jack this is is only i mean this is only 28 years after world war ii what that you know just had one of the largest genocides in recent history yeah yeah so just that's incredibly that i think that would just be that much more visually disturbing it's still it's very eerie with the white sheets there there, it is a hall it is kind of like this weird i don't want to call it a holocaust because there's no one's being forced into this you know thing but they this society has a building you can go to and you can kill yourself like you can die peacefully you could take you could put yourself out of your misery the option is there and there's a scene where like you know, the front of this place is just peaceful and serene, and it's almost like heaven. your favorite color. Yeah, and you sit down and, and you die with dignity in front of a view screen watching, like, the majesty of the past Earth's beauty and nature and mm-hmm. everything. And then, you know, they put you through a little door, and out the back, you go into a fucking garbage truck. Yeah. Like, loaded, like, Ugh. by the hundreds, there's just bodies upon bodies, and he, he has to sneak into one of those and, like, ride in with the dead bodies and stuff. And then they get to the the recycling plant, as it were, mm-hmm. and you just see them dumping them, like, by the truckload, like, into this factory, and it is, like, super disturbing. Like, there's no other, like, there's no, they really want you to understand, like, these are, these are people being yeah. treated like garbage, basically, and recycled into well, food. I, I think that also, I mean, you know, this film does have a lot of, you know, pretty, like, deep th- themes to them. But I think that, uh, you know, another one to add to it is the way we treat animals and just the, you know, just the factory slaughtering of animals. Yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting thing. There's no I don't think there's a single other like living animal in the movie. Like, I don't think I've as far as I can tell, there's no like dogs or cats or birds. There's no. Yeah, they would be. And there's no rats. There's like there's no sounds of birds in the movie or anything like that. There's no insects really crawling around. Like, you're right. All that stuff would just be eaten immediately. Uh, I, I definitely had just like another food related thing to the film it was uh that when he goes in and he's just like ice that's like the one thing <laughs> i'm a huge 
ice person like every drink has to have like a lot of ice in it and that's also something in europe the two as far as no it's three things in like the restaurant food realm that i wish i that i would change in europe one is the ketchup there just does not taste like our ketchup no i agree but yeah. i also don't have a lot of food there that i need ketchup so i, I could testify in norway the ketchup yeah it just doesn't yeah. yeah it's probably better for you but it just doesn't <laughs> taste like our ketchup uh number two they don't put like ice in their drinks okay uh i i like a glass I like the ice. of water with ice and then the other thing is that there's no ex, like ex, which is good. Again, these are all good things, like for the <laughs> environment or just like an excess, and you can ask for them and probably get it. But uh, I, I'm a man that perspires a lot, and so when I'm over there at, or I'm at a bar, I like taking like a cocktail napkin, you know, like the stacks that we have here, and just wiping my brow. They just don't have extra napkins there. So as far oh, as the okay, yeah, I fa- saving I find trees, that. And yeah, everything. Saving, yeah. So they're be- they're better people than us in that in that <laughs> retrospect, but. Uh, uh, Kyle likes, you know, his... his... <laughs> Kyle likes to waste. I do too. I yeah. mean, whatever. <laughs> Wasting is fun. About... <laughs> it no. leads to this. There's yeah. one tree left in the entire city, and it's in this movie. Do you remember that scene where, yeah. like, the uh, the guy running for re-election, Santini, like, brings his grandchildren to look at, like, the last tree? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, Europe's trying to keep that from happening. <laughs> uh, some fun things about this movie, or just, you know, I don't they could be fun. Just decide for yourselves. But hey, so, yeah. so, so Soylent comes from the idea of soybeans and lentils. Yeah. Soylent. Uh, this this director, he also, I mean. Oh, I love this director. Yeah. Richard uh, Fleischer. 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 Yeah. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Tora, Tora, Tora. Fantastic Voyage. Yeah. Like some real, like, great Even, sci-fi classics and war classics. Yeah. And just um, a great director of his time. Didn't he do the one where you shrink, they shrunk down and went into Fantastic the guy? Fleischer. Yeah, okay, that's what. Yeah. Uh, later on, he does, like, he kind of like in his later years he does like Mr. Majestic with with uh, Charles Bronson and like ah. he kind he does like Red Sonia like he yeah, gets Red, into like I, a really weird sort of like um level with his I mean they're they're those are like fun sort of just like genre pictures and stuff but it's funny from the guy who did this and like Tora 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 like these big grand films <laughs> like he'll sort of end his career like on a smaller scale uh so then Edward G. Robinson. We said it was his yeah, last film. Yeah. <laughs> but he, it's just, yeah, it was always a very, supposedly he was like the nicest guy ever, but always played very like intimidating characters. Yeah. And so as we said, uh, Dr. Zayas was supposed to be another one and then another, and then another character, but then we, you know, the director got one of the greatest actors, not that nothing to take away from Edward G. Robinson, but arguably the greatest actor of all time to play this role, but he was up for Don Vito Corleone. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it was better that they went with a younger actor playing old instead of an actor that was supposed to be like that character's age. I think Brando is definitely the right choice. Yeah, um, and then uh, so then there, I wrote down. You know, the, I mean, the main characters are Thorn and Roth. Yeah, uh, Cheryl, I guess. But mm-hmm. there is the character. There is <laughs> the character of. Uh, Charlie, and he's like the guy that wears like the red velvet coat. I guess he's in charge of that building. He slaps, oh, yeah, yeah. He slaps the women around. Mm-hmm. Right. Who he's... are those women, by the way? So they're all furniture. So this is yeah. a really disturbing um, aspect of the film that I didn't quite get when I was younger. Yeah. I, I mean, I just w- didn't know about these things when I was like 11 or 12. But like now, I mean, this is so crazy, like mm-hmm. in the climate that we live in. But yeah, basically, like 
a job for a pretty woman in this future is to live in a certain apartment forever for as long as you can as long as the man that lives there wants you around and you are literally considered furniture <sighs> like a chair or a stool or whatever a, a television like you're just there for entertainment and that's yeah. that's how you survive this like that is a disturbing lot. a lot and it does it without like I don't know. Like, I don't want to say it's subtle, but it does it in a way like it doesn't feel like it's cramming it in. It all feels relevant. Like, well, that's it all yeah, exactly. Feels, it doesn't it, have I that think, date because there's. Well, I, I mean, think that's part of it being a detective story. Is yeah. like in a det- in that sort of in that genre because it's like sci-fi and detective. It's like genre in a genre. Mm-hmm. Um, within detective films, I think the audience is more willing to accept new information scene by scene as mm-hmm. opposed to just getting sort of one info dump and sticking with it for the whole movie like he has to start learning more and more and information needs to be doled out throughout the movie so i think just by virtue of the nature of a detective story they end up getting away with a lot like with infusing the film with a lot of ideas a lot of different plot points a lot of different you know parts of the reality you know um the idea that there's an assassin after him throughout the entire film uh, really plays into things like the riot scene, you know, like getting so lost who, in the riot mix. So stuff. is it the, I know obviously then the assassin from the beginning then gets killed by like the dozer or whatever and yeah. shoots him in the leg, but is it him the whole time or is it also the bodyguard? Well, so there's the, a couple things in this movie it's, that. It's mostly, it's the bodyguard that hires that kid uh, yeah. and then rehires him to kill Thorn and then eventually ends up killing Thorn himself. Yeah. So like he is after him the whole movie. Um, before he wants to stop him from learning the truth. Yeah. Does Thorne die? We don't know. We don't know. I, I, I love a good freeze frame. I don't Those know. The 70s were a great moment. For yeah, it's such a great ending because, like, you're, you're like, giving the, like, first, <laughs> like, you're just, it's like a double hit. Like, the whole idea of Soylent Green is people, like, it just, it, like, the impact of that takes a while to wrap your head around. So mm-hmm. then you're just, like, don't even wonder like if he's alive or dead but after seeing it a few times i love the ambiguity of that i love the idea of like is he gonna die and then be turned into soiling green exactly. yeah <laughs> or like is he gonna survive and get to the hospital and then is someone gonna like smother him to death with a yeah. pillow because yeah. he can't move you know is, is it Captain all gonna get covered? exactly is yeah. it just all gonna get covered up but at that point like he's the only proof so screaming it in a church doesn't really do much no. to spread the word right like there just could be rumblings and uh, rumors started afterwards, and eventually, d- maybe. But... So, Soylent Green is like kind of a new product in, what, in the start, this, right? In this, yeah. In this world? It seems like there's other types of Soylent. There's yeah. like Soylent, Soylent red, red and yellow. Red and yellow. Vegetables. Right. Or... I think that they yeah. say that. And then Soylent Green was uh, harnessed from the ocean's plankton, like Ooh. the surviving life in the ocean. It's basically what they did was. From what I imagine, they had some kind of machine that's like a whale, and it went through, and it like got all like it's the collected. krill and the plankton and yeah. whatever and stuff, and then they. That's what they they're sold, saying. That's what they're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, that they sold that to the public. That's yeah, and that's why it's yeah, green. I Tuesday guess. is Soylent Green Day. Which... So what's a better day? <laughs> like Soylent Green Tuesday or Taco Tuesday? Which one do you would you? Prefer? Oh, Taco Tuesday okay. because like <laughs> that's just a Lego free for all. This is like a fucking yeah to stand in line and like you're lucky if you don't die yeah. in line. <laughs> But I always thought it was funny after um, I, I saw this movie, uh, the first time I saw this movie after the band Green Day came out, mm-hmm. and there's like 
all over this movie is like Soylent Green Day. Yeah. And I was like, why hasn't Green Day ever used that on like one of their songs or their yeah. album or something like that? That would have been perfect for it. And then I wondered if that's where they got the name from. And then I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, right. Okay, where this is the marketplace scene and the the riot, and they're wearing uh, good to know football helmets. Also have you know. Well, this is like the, <laughs> it's the, the only use is for riot yeah. gear. Yeah, and they're not playing any football games in this reality anymore. You know what's also disturbing about the ending? I mean, or another thing that's disturbing about the ending and like the credits is that after that freeze frame, then it goes to the colorful field. Oh yeah, again. and so that's oh. it, so then it even becomes you know that. That's what you relate to suicide. But just this whole film, like all the outdoor scenes have just like a dirt haze yeah. to it. And yeah. then it just becomes this like crystal clear, colorful flower scene. So two, two you just, two interesting things. So first of all, they, they shot with like a certain um, filter. They yeah. they created it themselves. Oh. So it's like a one of a kind filter just for this movie. So that overlay isn't like a digital effect. It's actual filter they created to oh, shoot this movie cool. to make cool. it look worse yeah. intentionally. So you mentioning that at the end of the movie, Thorn yells Soylent Green is people. He puts his arm up in the air and you see like the blood raining down his arm and yeah. it freeze frames and then it cuts to the images you the see flowers. from home. Vertical flowers. So maybe he did die. With because the, the images you see from home? When, when, when Saul goes home and lays on the bed to die oh. and they flash the images of like the deer and the flower yeah. and the... So maybe that's what Thorne is seeing. Maybe he did die, and he's thinking of home. And I don't know. I won't, because now I'm stuck on that for a minute. If he's alive or dead, because I was always, I was always just willing to go with, yeah, is he alive or dead? But now I'm like, what are the implications? Do you think the people that they scoop up, they, oh yeah, then absolutely. Also, I mean, know, the second time you watch this movie, it's even more horrible. So maybe yeah. even knowing Soylent Green as people, like we were saying earlier, could be like an extra dimension of of that horror like it's such a horrible thought like you see what it did to the priest right like he goes to see the priest that simonson saw and to confess to and the guy's like literally on the urge or on the verge of a mental breakdown like he just can barely keep it together and same with saul saul learned the truth and he went and he killed himself because he can't live in a world knowing that truth that's the reality records right or the the i mean when yeah. i say records i mean books right like, yeah so when he steals when when thorn steals all of the food he also just takes whatever books are around yeah. because saul is a detective too he's like yeah. the book quote unquote so he's like the brains and mm-hmm. thorns the brawn um and he gives them the books and they're like oceanic soylent oceanic report volume one and two yeah and he's like whatever he's like take these books <laughs> and saul's like holy shit real paper and everything and he brings them to all of his other old friends and they go over it and that's when they learn the truth that the ocean is dead soil and green is people um they have to go find like tangible proof that people will believe those people those older people that oh you yeah i don't know that's yeah you kind of just feel like at the end of this movie everyone's going to get wiped out. <laughs> They're just going to go through with a cleaning crew, take out all those old is, people, get those books back. Is this also, this this scene, I love the line, like, if it, it wasn't, if it, if, you know, so- Soylent Green is people wasn't the line, I love the line, the Soylent Bias strawberries. I just want to start <laughs> saying that to people, as like when people are being like sm- smug about their possessions, I'd be like, oh, Soylent Bias strawberries. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, um, That's a great line. So yeah, the bodyguard's apartment is very interesting. He's got his furniture, quote mm-hmm. unquote, is like the African American woman. Yeah, which was interesting. Like then, Thorne's boss is an African American man as the yeah. police chief. Like uh, the director said, he didn't want to. He's like, he's like, I wanted to cast this sort of colorblind, and I almost, almost wanted to cast it to like make a point too. Uh, you know, to say that this should be fine, that this shouldn't even be a, a an issue, yeah. whatever. Like, you know, black and white people should be living together. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who does what yeah. job. Yeah. And he's like, that was the one thing about the movie that I didn't feel should have been taken as like futuristic. You know, he's like, this is where I felt yeah. we were trying to reflect where we should be today and the signs of our times and stuff. And so uh, it's just really interesting that dynamic. Uh, and I love when he goes in. He, finds, he steals the strawberries and stuff. Yeah. On, the, on the spoon. It's like the strawberry jam like on the spoon. Is there anything else you want to say about Soylent Green before we uh, move on? Uh, let me just peruse my notes yeah, here, sure. if you don't mind. You know, just quickly going back to the that one scene when they're having dinner, um, I just really love the the sort of the opposite of that. I just really feel like this is an extremely well-directed movie and they're really great actors. And so that scene... Um, wasn't in the script. Oh. Like the script basically when it cut to just them saying, I haven't eaten, I haven't eaten like that in years. <laughs> and Edward G. Robinson going like, you're, oh, but so no. The montage of I mean, them, yeah. So that yeah. scene used to end with Edward G. Robinson going, I've never eaten like that in years, she? <laughs> and Charlton Heston going, I've never eaten like that in my life, you know, yeah. like ever. Uh, and so the director like went to the producer and was like, we're missing a scene. Like we need a scene here where they're actually eating the the food because they come from two different worlds like Edward G. Robinson is from before the blight or whatever mm-hmm. happened and Heston grew up after never having enough um, so I just feel like that was serendipitous like the that idea and that entire scene was improvised like they basically just sat down with all the food mm-hmm. and um, rolled and that's why there's no dialogue it's all expressions and it's all over the, the music. I think that just shows like another theme right there. Like, listen to your elders. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's. Or at least respect pr- the past and yeah. yeah, have an appreciation for what you have. And like, he knows what they have because he lost it. But Charlton Heston doesn't even know how to appreciate it. Yeah, that's why I loved in that clip, like the reaction to like the apple. Just like an <laughs> apple, like the simplest things. I mean, yeah. that's what. I love those moments. About, like what when people have those moments with food, just like this, you know, it's an apple. Yeah. That's it. You know, you pluck it off of a tree and it's delicious. Like that's why in, you know, one of the greatest food movies that we'll eventually get to, but I'm trying to keep it on its pedestal, that of the movie Chef, when they're going through the market (laughs) with his son and he's just like, look at this orange. It's beautiful. Like eat this, (laughs) you know, like don't get the kettle corn, eat the orange. Come on, eat the orange. (laughs) And then cut to them eating the kettle corn. But that's just, but yeah, just like fruit, just like something as simple and beautiful that we, you know, take for granted. Just every, you know, plenty of things we take for granted. Again, the ice, like that is, yeah. I'm so much happier in my new apartment that my fridge has an ice maker versus me, the simple, oh no, me, like woe is me that I had to pour water into my ice trays and the ice <laughs> trays then had to lay flat and take up a bit more room in my freezer because that, that versus now I just have, you know, a dispenser of ice. It's a bit. Heaven's to mercy. What's that? What's that saying? <laughs> Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. That's it. Can can we? We've done a few. Hes, can can I get your best uh, Heston Soylent Green as people? 
Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, my so my Heston, I learned it from Phil Hartman, uh, not personally, but watching him oh, on Saturday Night Live. Student of Hartman. Did, no, yeah. So there was this great sketch where he played Charlton Heston, and they were doing like a Turner Classic Movies like mm-hmm. revisited of this movie, and they were doing like the sequels that never were, and there was like Soylent Silver and stuff, and Soylent <laughs> okay. Cow Pies, and. Um, and like Chris Farley would come in at the end and go, they didn't change the recipe like they promised. It's still people. <laughs> and uh, I need to see this. And so Phil Hartman's Heston is kind of what my Heston, like where I got my Heston from. But let me try and let me see if I can do the, the titular line. Um, Soylent green is people. <laughs> Perfect. All right, cool. I've been doing a lot of impressions on the uh, recently. I did a couple the other night on a show I recorded. Right. So uh, you're becoming the Cage Club go-to. They're coming back out. Like impressions. yeah, they were they were in the dresser drawer for a while. But yeah. something about them have been uh, reemerging. I love a good impression. Was that a good impression then? Well, you know, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think a good impression doesn't even need to necessarily sound like it, but it just needs to. Mm-hmm. Just need to own it yeah if you own something it's believable i've made yeah. the face that time so yeah I think unfortunately I <laughs> maybe we'll take a video no. no we won't do that but yeah hope it came across <laughs> <laughs> all right moving on this is uh still need to come up with a, a title for this sequence oh okay but uh famous food scene okay so maybe, maybe we'll uh, eventually come up with some see. kind of Let's see if I got anything. Famous food scene segment. Hmm. Food unseen, maybe? I don't know. Food un- yeah. Uh, fast fast food? No. I don't want to call it fast food. Like. <laughs> food S- scene. Scene. It's uh, like a Eat like this buffet scene. Buffet scene. Oh. It's getting there. It's, it's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. All right. All right. But, uh, <laughs> here, here we go. We're, oh. I've got the, the... Do you want to put him in a hat? Yeah, we'll put... Oh, there we go. This we got is... a non-sweaty hat. I usually... I always <laughs> yeah. wear a hat, but then I feel bad making my uh, guest reach into a sweaty it's, hat, but you have a non-sweaty hat. It's at hat least present. my hat, too, It's your hat, so. so you're reaching it. Yeah, it's your own... All right. Here we go. Here I we like go. this. We're playing an actual, like, physical game. Yeah. Pull a number out of a hat. Yeah. And it's real people. It's not, you know... Raging Bull... Burnt steak. <laughs> All right, I think I'm gonna have to rewatch this scene. Yeah, we'll rewatch it right now. Is it done? No, it's not done. Don't overcook it. Overcook it's no good. It defeats its own purpose. What are you doing? I just said don't overcook it. You're overcooking it. Bring it over. Watch your steak. Bring it over. Bring it over! It's like a piece of charcoal! Bring it over here! You want your steak? Yeah, right yeah. now! Good. Here's your steak. Can't wait for this to be done. No, yeah. I can't wait. Good. Okay? Happy? Happy? That's all I want. That's, That's all I want. There. Not more. There. You bought me a bite of steak, huh? You bought me a bite of steak? Yeah! I agree with you. We should be with Tommy. If he's in a good mood, I'll talk to him. What the fuck you want me to do? But this Joey, Tommy tells me every day to talk to you and speak to Jake to straighten this thing out. I mean, I'm gonna wind up in the middle of this thing. You're in the middle. I'm his brother. He's got me fucking nuts. You're his brother. If you can't talk to him, who's gonna talk to him? I'll talk to him. Do what you can, that's all. That's all I'm asking you. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Let me go. All right? Where are you gonna be? 
be at the gym or the other joint. One of the two. I'll catch you by the gym. All right. South. South. Yeah. Clint, come on some more. I want to hear. I want to hear. You called those carrots? That's right. They were too late. Did you eat them? Did you eat them? I got no choice. I got no choice. I got no choice. You got no choice. Get in there. Get in there. Get in there. Hey, you! Come on, Jack. I'm gonna get hold of that dog, and I'm gonna eat him for lunch. You hear what I'm saying? You hear me, Larry? Larry! Crazy animal. Who's an animal? Your mother's an animal, you son of a bitch. You're gonna find your dog dead in the hallway tomorrow, you that is crazy. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at a at a scene that is about uh, spouse That's abuse a, and animal uh, like threatening uh, the lives of women uh, and animals. Yeah. But that's just like a classic. Uh, yeah. I had not seen this movie in a long time. I might have to watch the rest of that movie tonight. Uh, it has been a long time since I've seen Raging Bull. That scene is powerful, dude. Like De Niro is scary. His wife is done taking his shit like yeah. she is so done with his shit and like he's just out of control he's gonna eat his neighbor's dog yeah larry <laughs> <laughs> like i don't dog for lunch I larry hear, i hear what you mean where it's like no we obviously like we should not be laughing it's spousal abuse but there is a dark com that there's a dark undercurrent of something there's just something funny about him well, like he's just so pathetic well, like it's a it's a black and white film you know, in a, in the this is what came out in eighty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, in a time where, the, but it's just like is making it. It's drawing back to a time when you were watching yeah. black and white films where, right. like, that was yes. People wouldn't blink an eye at the scene. Even in the eighties, exactly. I think people were just like, "Oh my god," you know. But yeah. like now, especially. But then on top of that, he's just. There in his uh, uh, to uh, Italian Italian Americans. I'm sorry, but I'll, I'm Italian American. Gu- gu- guinea okay. tea. Uh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. his, or well, wi- wife beater. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say he's wearing a wife beater and he is yeah. a wife beater, and I he's mean, got the the bandage on his nose from the previous fight. Right. His hair is just all freaking crazy. You know, it's yeah. And, he's an animal. He's not yeah. a person. Yeah. Bring it over. <laughs> Bring it over. I got no choice. Uh, so, do you think? You know, because famously De Niro went method, ate everything in sight to gain weight for yeah. this movie. But do you think he ate like the steak and everything every time they did a take and stuff? Do you think he was eating? Like, yeah, him? I mean, just even flipping that table, I think that they needed to like kind of have a bunch prepared. Yeah, I don't I think that he didn't that. take a bite of that. That steak looked good. I mean, we don't know Maybe because of the way it's it edited and stuff. But, but yeah. there could have been footage of him eating yeah. and everything like that. I always wondered about that watching this movie. Is like, is you know, because he's trying to gain weight. Is he actually eating yeah. everything in, in sight? Uh, yeah, that's crazy. And then Joe Pesci shows up. I mean, that's the yeah. funny thing is like the juxtaposition between like the chaos in the apartment and the downstairs. Joe yeah. Pesci being like, my brother's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, I got to go deal with this now. <laughs> and then he walks and he's like trying yeah. to put the table back up and everything. Yeah. And like, what? There's no, like, he's in such denial. He's like, no problem. Everything's yeah. nice. Come on, just be nice. <laughs> 
it's so weird. I would love Joe. Joe Pesci is the best at calming down situations and then also starting situations. Really? Yeah. Right. Right. Have you ever you seen Easy Money? Yeah. He gets in like nine fights in that movie. Like he's just constantly picking fights. In well, that the movie. the scene I, I forget the name of the actor that he that he was in that clip with. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's that's you know that's the famous you know. The two of them team up in Goodfellas. Go get your right. fucking shine box. Right, yeah. Oh, oh God. This, come on, honey. Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. well, I want a nice uh, pan-fried steak now. Really? Well, I just think I'm gonna, I have to go check out Raging Bull again. Because yeah. uh, just from that one scene, I was like, wow, this is different than I remembered. Better. I don't know. Maybe it's just time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just... Well, don't see yeah, it as yeah. quite a straight drama anymore. Like, there's just... I mean, because he's such a ridiculous character. Yeah. It's hard to take him seriously all the time. <laughs> and so I wonder if I'm supposed to be... Like, is that Scorsese's weird, twisted sense of humor? Like, it, did he make a dark comedy? I don't well, know. I think he just made what he... This is definitely one of those films that, like, he witnessed stuff right. like this it's growing just up in, in New York and as an Italian It's almost American. autobiographical from the neighborhood perspective. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's like first, like, definitely, like, Mean Streets is what, you know, yeah. I think... It, but this is definitely in his New York Italian-American, like, right. coverage of just definitely drew from... You know, I mean, so this is about a real boxer, Jake LaMotta, but I think he definitely took from his, yeah. you know, just... Whether I, hopefully this this wasn't his parents, but maybe. He oh no! Well, that. you've seen his parents on film. They're yeah. like the most gentle, yeah, loving, yeah, caring. The They're amazing. Goodfellas too, and it's you know. Uh, yeah, and his a, dad's in it yeah. too. Let me make you something. His dad's cutting the onion in prison. Ah, that's okay. Scorsese's father. Yeah, like well, those will definitely of... be future food scenes that hopefully someone will pick, pick, pick <laughs> oh, out. Well, I gotta. Hour. I'll show you when we cut. I got I got this crazy VHS tape uh, called Italian American. It's Martin Scorsese. Uh, I think it's before he made a motion picture. I mean, it might have been after Mean Streets, but it's basically just an interview with him and his parents oh. in his apartment. Oh, yeah. You and then it's got that short, the shave is on it also. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah, I got I think it's all on YouTube. You got to check that out. I yeah. think she talks we'll about a, food a lot in ooh, that. Maybe we'll so. do a special uh, episode on that. Because she used to be his like caterer to a degree. Like She would cook up like food and bring it to the set whenever they were shooting like around the neighborhood and stuff you show up with like big pots of meatballs and stuff it's amazing yeah all right we're nearing the end but this is for the now uh labeled uh segment of gut instincts oh okay here we go Ready? Here we go. What's, what's be, this about? You this just, is, it's oh, just word association this, no, kind this, of thing? This is just uh, just quick quick answer. You know, what, whatever your okay, gotcha, gut instinct gotcha. answer is to these, these, I've got, I don't know, 15 questions or so. All right. They can be, you know, try to keep them short, but, you know, any description you'd like to give. Favorite fast food? Wendy's. Ooh. Go-to uh, beer, cocktail, liquor? Oh, so... I haven't. I'm haven't been drinking in a while, but I just used to. Uh, Amstel Light is fine. I like Amstel. Amstel. Yeah. That was oh, always. Oh wait, always... you know what? Um, gin and tonics. If I'm gonna Ooh. get, if it's gonna be a f- serious night. A lime or a cucumber? In it? Limes. Okay. Yeah. Just limes. Ask, just asking. Limes. Limes. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I just grabbed Kyle by the lapels and shoved them yeah. up against the wall and said limes <laughs> really cool. close to his Glad face. I have lapels to grab. Uh, I just classy on a uh, you know non-visual segment. Uh, favorite childhood snack? Oh man, uh, maybe fruit roll-ups. Oh no, no, Sour Patch Kids. Oh. Yeah, Sour Patch Kids. 
they destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a sweet or savory person? Uh, I think I'm probably more of a sweet. Sweet? Yeah. I got the sweet tooth, I think. Favorite food city? International or uh, domestic? Favorite food city. Yeah. So, like, place I've been, aside yeah. from where I live, that has had the favorite food? I, I guess Osaka, Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <All> right. <laughs> any any uh, in the States that you're like, I mean, you know, obviously we live very near New York, but uh, any um, in the States that you're like, oh, wow, I like this cuisine? I... I'm really no. I'm sorry. I can't be more yeah. interesting on that answer because I just I haven't been a very sort of like um, I don't I don't I'm not like you. I won't kind of try every dish yeah. once. Like um, I'm not great with spicy foods at all. Okay. So like I don't eat a lot of like you know hot barbecue sauce yeah. or whatever. That's not. Um, and then countries with very spicy foods, I tend to stay away from. So like not a lot of like Indian food, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. Where's there a really good Mexican restaurant? Because I fucking love. And like, Suffern is right right nearby. There's a really good. There's a couple of really good Mexican places. So I'll go check that place out, and then the next time we talk, okay. I can let you know <laughs> if it's on the list. But yeah, right now I can't really answer. Uh, favorite cuisine. Oh. Um. Jeez, you are an Italian American, but it doesn't have to. I know. I mean, it's something. Can it be something my mom makes? Like, yeah, <laughs> she is an amazing cook. Yeah, like growing up, like she cooked every. I was like, oh my you know god, what? like mom, family, mom dinners. They're a cuisine of their own. So yes. Okay, so she cooks what has only been referred to as chicken with white sauce. Okay, <laughs> all right, <laughs> and like I'm not. Ex- it's because like most sauce is either you know like red pasta sauce or brown gravy yeah right but i don't know what's in her white sauce so like, <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like a marsala or something like that it could be yeah yeah so and then um that with like rice and stuffing when i was a kid growing up is amazing yeah. and i haven't had that meal in like at least a decade so maybe i could uh, ask her for my birthday which is yeah. coming up next month and cook me my that my favorite childhood meal That'd be um, nice. Yeah, my mom always makes uh, barbecue spare ribs, like coleslaw, and like all of, like yeah. that stuff. Like that's my birthday. That's what I always want to have with my family for my birthday. <laughs> Maybe through this show, Kyle, you can help me explore my palate a little more yeah. over the rest of my well, this, yeah. existence. Explore, like, the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta get uh, a little too sheltered when it comes to food. I think yeah. like I've been eating the same stuff too much. Hopefully, so. some of the movies like inspire with not Soylent Green, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> which you could go online and buy Soylent Green crackers off Amazon Ooh. and stuff. But uh, you know, they're not really made from people. I don't. That's I think. Good. I think they're That's actual. For the better. I, I think, think it's I actual think. soy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're made with. They're just green and they're soy and lentils. Uh, let's see. Next, guilty pleasure food. Like, do you have mm. any? You know, it's something that's. I mean, you, so you said obviously you liked sour, but it's you know maybe that goes in with the, the sour patch. But do you have? And you said you have a sweet tooth, but do you have any food that you're like? I don't know. A little. Hmm. Trying to rack my brain. I guess I, if I had. If I had known ahead of time, <laughs> okay. I, I could be more people. Yeah, people. This, this is one of the more difficult questions that you know. It tends it tends to land towards the other areas of like obviously you know fast food and. I think it might be okay. So like this is funny because this is something they talk about a lot on uh, boyfriend material. Joey and Joe 2's mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling podcast, and um, 
I've been on that show twice now. I think it's twice. So, and like they, we get into sort of serial discussions at the end of that show because it, believe me, it plays into the show mm-hmm. and Ryan Gosling. And I mentioned on that show how like nowadays I have to usually eat mostly just like boring cereal, like yeah. wheat and bran type stuff and things. And, and so, yeah, um, I'd say whenever, <clears throat> if the munchies were to occur, I'd probably <laughs> like go and down like a box of like golden grams or something, ah. <laughs> you know, or like uh, honey nut or honey honeycombs or so it would probably have to be like a very sugary sugary cereal, cereal okay. something like that favorite condiment hmm have you ever been to Johnny and Hanji's the hot dog place Johnny and Han- you haven't been to Johnny and Hanji's hot dog you haven't no, had where, one where so okay so growing up it used to be in Patterson okay it's like right over the bridge in Patterson oh okay um now it's not now it's um on the street is it's very close. It's in um, Hawthorne. Okay. So it's real close. We no, got to go. Hot dog spots I've been to is you know, Hiram's, Hiram's yeah. and then uh, Rutz Hut. Okay. Well, you you we got to go there All together. Right. I got to take you there. Um, maybe you can interview the dude there because their special sauce is like amazing. Ooh. I don't so like I generally don't even put mustard on my hot dogs. Uh, I just usually do ketchup and I'm never really into chili or anything, but they have like this, their sauce is like chili, mustard, whatever is in there. Like I don't care. What <laughs> they put. Sauce. Exactly. It could be people, <laughs> uh, whatever they put on that. Like I wish that they jarred it and sold it, at a, but they don't because it's what makes them yeah. unique. And so, but I'd have to say like that for me is like the killer. Like Ooh. if I could somehow, like, what would I need to do to get that secret recipe? You know, like yeah. the good burger recipe. <laughs> you ever see that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Like, so, we'll cover that. Yeah. yeah, so it's like that. Like, I equate it to, like, good burger sauce. It's What's like, the name of the, of the place again? Johnny and Hangies. Johnny and Hangies. Yeah. In, in, where, I think hot thing. Should Google. I look it up yeah, real quick? You, Johnny and Hangies in New Jersey. But yeah, yeah, northern New Jersey. Northern New Yeah, well. <laughs> well, not central New Jersey. It's not a real place. <laughs> um, last thing you ate. What is the last thing? I'm sorry, it's in Fairlawn. Oh, okay. Okay, so Johnny and Hanji's in Fairlawn. Okay, the last thing. Yeah, it's like right next to it. Yeah. Um, Last thing I ate, coffee doesn't count, right? Well, you had coffee. I had a cup of coffee today. It's already four, and all I've had is a cup of coffee. Um, That explains a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um,. Let me see. It was almost a Joe Pesci. Both of us like, <laughs> <laughs> almost no, a Ray Liotta. Liotta actually yeah. closer. Uh huh. You got a wicked yeah. laugh repertoire. You got really. <laughs> That's like you got the, the Ray Liotta. You have to like. You got the Peter Griffin, which is <laughs> on point, um, which is pretty close to a Fred Flintstone, which is just a slowed down. Bonnie. <laughs> um, wait. Last thing I eat. What did I yeah, eat so last night? Yeah, yeah. um, You're down the shore, right? DTS. Well, I came home and I had oh no, I mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. So last oh. night I went to the diner. Oh yeah, and I ordered the uh, Taylor ham, egg and cheese sandwich with fries, oh, okay. and I and I brought it home and I ate it here. There you go. Yeah. So on that, a roll or a bagel? On the roll. On the roll. Yeah. The good round the uh, Kaiser roll. That was pretty late last night, like around seven or something. So. Right. Uh. It's your you just you just know whether you've. You're in jail. You committed a crime, or you're on the deathbed, but you've got the stomach for it. Your last meal. A person, no, <laughs> human flesh. Um, <laughs> you think anyone's ever the asked prosecutors? Yeah. <laughs> I want the judge's hand yeah. on a platter. No, do you think anyone's ever asked for that? Like, do you, oh, 
Well, don't say no. It's not like it's there. I didn't know they were served it. I just wondered if anyone's yeah. asked for it, like, even yeah. as a joke. Dahmer? I, don't know. I would probably, you know what? Like, I, this was another meal I liked as a kid because I got it oh so rarely. And since it reminds me of the beach, which I just got back from, and we used to go to this place near Point Pleasant. And uh, one time I ordered this because my parents were like, get whatever you want, you know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. What's this? Surf and turf. <laughs> and my parents kind of just like looked at me. It was one of those like most childhood moments kind of thing <laughs> where I was like, well, you said anything. And like, I didn't know reading prices, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like when you're seven or whatever, yeah. or eight. Uh, and like, they let me have it. So we're and it like came... a filet and a lobster tail? Yeah, man. Yeah, I think that's what I'd go for. Wow. Like, I would I would love to with have it. I haven't butter? had it in a long time. Yeah, with the butter. Um, yeah, can you get two of those? Two you can get yeah, for as much as, yeah. meal Endless. Like, it would you know, definitely be something like that, yeah. like, with a little more of, like, class to it. I wouldn't order, like, you know, Wendy's, even though I love Wendy's. Like, uh-huh. I could live without tasting Wendy's one more time. Uh, <laughs> I would like to go out with, like, a real meal, something yeah. like that. That's yeah. nice. So, eat in or eat out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always, I guess, Kyle. that's worded where everyone. Has, no, our our dirty minds prevail. I'm not usually. DJ Khalid or whoever. So, <laughs> no. do, you, do you like a home cooked meal? You like, or or you prefer? Um, I think as much as I love a home cooked meal, there's just something about going out and yeah. being served and when the professional ordering it and yeah. waiting for yeah, well, and yeah like yeah, letting it experience. putting it in someone else's hands yeah. like that and yeah to have going a true to conversation patronizing now. an establishment yeah. and yeah I like the way that I like the way people want when people are inviting into your place you know it's like oh you want me to come and like eat yeah. in your house and like use your bathroom and stuff like cool like <laughs> I'm up for that <laughs> you know. Uh, spirit food. My spirit what, yeah, food? Yeah, what is, what is, you think, like, what food just, like, you know, what if you're going to be am I? into, yeah. Oh my God, Kyle. I'm right? a, I think this I'm is a, a, this is okay, a I got, I think, podcast. I think I'm a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah? Like, I genuinely kind of think inside me. Grilled cheese on, like, American, like, che- American cheese on You know what it is? It's, it's, it's actually kind of two things. So, like. This is about self-discovery. Yeah, mind. this is something I, I'm not a big chef or cook. I don't cook a lot of my own food but I make my own grilled cheese sandwiches and like this Ah. is something I learned I think I learned this from chef keep it moving keep it moving yeah like I stand over that grilled cheese sandwich until it like I never let my eyes off as I never stop touching it with the utensils like it's constantly moving I'm constantly flipping it like I really put my tender loving care my heart and soul into Mm, my grilled cheese sandwiches I love a good TLC Uh, (laughs) grilled cheese one thing I am with not Amer- though. With American cheese. Yeah, yeah, American yellow cheese. Yellow American, white American. Um, I'm a yellow American. I'm guy. a yellow yeah, American. I think they taste different. I I do too. And I don't think just... just because of the dye. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I I think it might be the dye. <laughs> no, yeah. but there's one thing I'm not, and that's a that's a uh, grilled cheese deluxe. Have oh. you ever had a grilled cheese deluxe? Is that like, the you could put like tomato and bacon on okay. a grilled cheese. I just think it becomes too complex. It's I'm even not... with bacon being a lot of people are you know the. Bacon is better. Bacon I makes know. everything better. Uh, you like a girl? You like a? I just think may, maybe, but I'm so I'm not that yeah. complex. I yeah. guess like deep talk, down, butter, like, keep bread, it simple. Cheese. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Keep it moving in one pan. Yeah, you know. Right. Nice. Yeah. So I'm a grilled cheese. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the. I've got one more question, but that's truly that's the end of like the gut instincts. Okay. But what 
and you know, obviously, like I'm asking this to chefs, so obviously they have much more of you know advice again. But Brian had a pretty good answer to this too. But what what do you what is a great lesson? Could be the greatest, but the a great lesson you've learned in food. And I think we, we've honestly we've talked hmm. about some stuff, so I don't want to put words in your mouth. But you know, there I think there is. Everyone's got you know. Like, what has food taught me? Or like... Yeah, what is, yeah, just like in the realm of, you know, so, yeah. I, like, for instance, I said, you know, tr- try everything once, you know, that's, right, right. you know, that's a... I think along the way, and it's funny, especially, I think more so as an adult, I think it's really kept my patience in check, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think, like, you know, the idea of pre- waiting to have to prepare yeah, food, so like or like out going just, out yeah, to get yeah. food, like, the idea that, like... You know, sure, you could open like a bag of chips and snack, or you could open yeah. this and that, or whatever, and like you could nuke something in the microwave for two minutes. But I just think, like, if you put the time into it, it's so much better. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, time and patience and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And if, you know, waiting for it, and like, then when it finally arrives, it's like, yeah. it's almost like in uh, Pulp Fiction when she's like, oh, don't you love it when you come back from the bathroom and your food's waiting for you? It's like, yeah, I love it when, like, you know, you're like, where's the food? Where's the food? Yeah. And then suddenly it comes, and you're like, oh, yes, like, the moment good that's a you know that's very, that's transcendent you know good things yeah. are worth the wait right exactly yeah there you go that's the lesson that's the lesson good things are worth waiting food for. it's yeah. i mean food really is if anything is going to i'm, I'm sorry people like i'm not a preacher i'm not well, but, you, I'm, but you're I'm a food a, preacher well, yeah <laughs> look but, uh, preacher i mean it might be a dirty word right now oh, but it doesn't priest, need to be preach there you go right yeah. exactly so but, yeah, yeah preach about food my man <laughs> But, and I will repeat it time and time again. Is there's one thing that's gonna get like everyone together and like make people appreciate and understand yeah. one another? It's food. It's yeah. why you say let's break bread. Right. Yeah. The break breaking let's of bread. Let's break Even bread this time with some nice last gooey supper. yellow American in it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Let's break grilled cheese sandwiches together. Keep it moving and and good things are worth the wait. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's cool. I like that. I like it. Too. And it's true. I and believe that. I say nothing but the truth. <laughs> Thank you, food. Food is honest. <laughs> well, that's the end of this episode. What, what did you think? Thank oh. you for coming on. What did you? Dude, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Right? Thank you for having me. Thank you. I wasn't, you know, I I was very excited for this show. Um, this is a great idea for a podcast. I love. I love the oh, uh, yeah. I just love the idea, like how you can sort of take it beyond the films, and how you can actually, you know, interview chefs and all this kind of like. There's life beyond um, just talking about movies, mm-hmm. which is like a lot of our shows are, which is totally fine, which oh, is yeah. a lot of fun and everything. But like, I was really, I really from day one, I was really excited about your new venture, and I think it's really cool. I didn't, I didn't know this was going to be the first episode I was on. But I'm very excited because I, I love this movie. I think it's a, a great film. I think everyone should see it, and I'm really just glad that you wanted to talk about this movie too, and that yeah. you, we were able to fit it into your show. No, thank you so much for coming on and like bringing. That was a lot. You added so much to Soylent Green. I think into what <laughs> yeah. uh, as we're it's perfect. The, the credits are now. Yeah, and I think you had to background. cut me off too. I mean, I could I could oh, probably yeah. well, go that, another no, that episode. Just, <laughs> well, and that's and that just I mean that just yeah. goes to prove how great of a movie Soylent Green is. Uh, let's, let's, what, what, what do you got to plug? You oh, your own okay. Podcast, you got so many other podcasts too. Yeah. So I want to, just because it only, uh, 
I th I'm not sure when this comes out, but probably by the time this comes out, my own show is only once a month because of the work that goes into it, um, i.e. all the books I read for my show. Yes. Uh, so I'm trying to get that to come out a bit quicker, but I'd like to plug my show first, uh, Third Time's a Charm, where I have guests uh, come on and we talk about the third film in a, in a movie franchise. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. The guests... Um, seem to like the book club part of it so I'm going to keep that up as much as possible but I think you know in order to get a few more episodes out a bit quicker I might have to do some movies without books involved okay uh so that that yeah, might you, be you find up. the novelizations right of the yeah oh yeah so <laughs> for whatever reason for season one I was like I'm gonna I've got novelizations for all these movies I'm gonna read them and compare them um, that might not sustain the entire series. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's a lot of work oh, and yeah. I want to do more movies than, uh, than I'm getting to right now. We'll eventually, I know at least one, but there might be another one, another one someday, but I know for sure trip to Spain is where oh, this foodie films crossover. Yeah. Crossover. Yeah. We Cause I, let's Jelly, do that soon. Lewandowski. The other co-founder of Cage Club, he's all about crossovers. No, yeah, and we so love that, crossovers. Yeah. I mean, ever since the Flintstones met the Jetsons, you know, it's yeah. Abbott and Costello met Frankenstein and the Mummy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's a great. I mean, it's just great synergy. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then, so with Joey right now, we started up Cinemakers again. So we did all the films of Steven Soderbergh. We did an episode with Nick from Real Bad Podcast about Fede Alvarez, which was really cool. We did his two films, Don't Don't Breathe and Evil Dead okay. remake. And now with uh, uh, with uh, Chris Mattiello from the Now and Again podcast, he, Joey, and myself are doing all the films with Christopher Nolan. Cool. And so, those you don't have like guests on, right? Right. Those are just the three of us. Um, Do I get to... Because that's like you and Joey, and then so for Soderbergh was with Tobin. Yeah. Uh, who his podcast, The Contenders, right? He's a co- that's right with his sister. Yeah, and yeah the so, Contenders. so again, this is the Cinemakers is like you and Joey, and then each next director is like a, a new, new co 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 host kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, well, we'll have, we have what we say is we have the same guest for every episode. Uh -huh. So for Christopher Nolan, it's going to be Chris on every episode, and uh, those are you uh, are awesome right now. Like I feel like those episodes are like some of the best episodes. Nice. Like. I feel personally that like we've done like on the network, <laughs> like I really, I think our, cause all of us are really like Nolan and I think we know a lot about the movies and seven this, those conversations have been really cool. Do you guys choose the director and then find the person to be the Coco host or oh. does have people, have people come mm, to you? Not sure how we've been doing it. I think we've been fine. We've been trying to figure out who we're going to do and then we'll find the, co-host i can't okay. remember i don't know but I'd like to we got to get suggestions you down the road yeah definitely yeah we got to get you on because yeah. because i feel like um joey and i might be done doing single actors for a while just because yeah, as, as good as charlie theron's been like it's kind of been it gets worse i mean as as a co-host quality of psl of hoffman what, my favorite actor of all time and he wasn't in i mean what like like i don't think any of his films were like garbage per se, but just the, you know, an actor, like, you know, the same mm -hmm. films, like, you know, he was in similar films. It's just, you know, with this, even, even this, it is like, obviously a lot of like food films, but that's why I'm happy to bring in Soylent Green. Cause it's such a different yeah, film yeah. than like just a movie about a chef or whatever. Right. But 
you know, that's what that's what's fun about obviously then Cinemakers and yeah. finding, you know, a, a podcast like that. It's been really fun. And there's been some uh, Pacino impressions, some Michael Caine impressions. Uh, oh, that's a, well, I mean, I, I, <laughs> some Bane I'll, impressions already. And we're not, we're episodes away from Dark Knight Rises. Oh, I'm already out of the darkness. Oh, why am I? Charlie, you gotta try the bread, Charlie. It's the best bread. So my Pacino starts up here and then goes down there. Yeah, becomes a crawfish captain. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the least of what you can yeah. expect over there this season on Cinemakers. <laughs> the Cinemakers, and then, yeah, and again, third time's a charm. Do we have uh, a, a separate. Instagram for that or separate Twitter or do, um, or do you, just, you have your own Twitter? I have I have like a I have a Facebook page, Third Times a Charm page. Okay. Um I'm trying to get it more active. You know, I'm posting stuff. I posted something about Alien Three about they're gonna make a comic out of a yeah, screenplay they didn't cool. use, yeah. you know, we talked about that Alien Three episode still cracks me up. I think about that. Just it's I know it's kinda sad that like I think about my own content and it cracks no. me up and stuff, but but that episode be, it'd be sad if it didn't. I feel right? like those. Yeah, I guess it would. I feel like all those shows so far have had moments that have really made me crack up. That have been like a lot of fun to do, and everyone's been like real supportive on that show. So awesome. they've been real sports and sitting through that book club, and <laughs> <laughs> you could hear like at the beginning they're like, uh, but then at the end they're like, yay! <laughs> uh, and then I mean, Cage. I mean, you are a co-founder of Cage oh, yes. Club. That's got the what's the Cage Club? Uh, that's well, they're on it. That's on Instagram too, right? Yes. Cage Club Podcast Network is that the or Cage Club Network or what's the? Do we know? We're on Instagram. That's We're for on sure. Instagram. Yeah, if you search Cage Club, you're gonna find Cage it. Club. Me, um, Cage Club Pod on on Twitter, yeah. and I believe that's the same on Instagram. I'll check my Instagram right now, and you can Cage Club Pod. Yeah, cool. On Instagram, right? And let me just see if there's is there any other little things oh so um we are still doing so nick cage all right we are seven months into the year and he has already put out four movies jesus all right how does that work with cinemakers so we we just oh so we're just gonna pick up yeah so that's funny you mentioned that because after the fede alvarez episode soderbergh came out with unsane Uh, so then we went back to soderbergh for an episode okay and but what we're gonna do if he makes any more movies we're gonna finish up nolan and then if soderbergh made a movie we'll do that you know what i'm saying so we'll always go back pardon is nolan working not that i'm aware of i'm not i mean i'm sure he's working on something but he's always kind of been a bit in the dark yeah dunkirk was until yeah, yeah yeah It was, then, it was last summer, and I was, a, I mean, um, nominated for Best Picture and everything. But the thing is, so Cage Club, the original podcast feed, is still going strong. Like, Joey and I do the revisiteds, mm-hmm. so those keep coming out just to keep that feed alive. And um, we do all Cage's new movies. So, so far, we've done four new movies for Nick Cage this year, and he's got another one coming out next month. He's going to be playing Superman in Teen Titans Go, oh, the yeah. animated movie. So he's finally going to be Superman. Yeah, and it was announced... Semi-recently it, about Spider-Man. Yeah, he's going to play a version, an, an alternate universe version of Spider-Man from the 40s called yeah, Spider-Man Noir, Noir That's awesome. which I've read a couple of those Spider-Verse comics, and they're pretty awesome. Like, back when I was collecting, that was towards the end of when I was collecting. I remember right after the Spider-Verse storyline ended, they rebooted the Marvel Universe, and I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to stick clean, to the clean, movies. Yeah, clean slate, <laughs> yeah. I'm done, I'm out. So like you're in, like Saul, you're just <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, yeah. yeah I just wash shit. my hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but and and you know he's got the very highly anticipated movie Mandy coming out yeah. in theaters this year, so that's going to be huge. So it's still a very big year for Cage. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. And then at the time of this recording today on Friday the thirteenth, uh, Keanu's first new movie in about a year has come out. So we're st- and he's got two other films scheduled for release this year. So Keanu Club's going to keep going. Uh, Charlize is still going. So yeah, and then whenever any of them. Have a new movie coming out. We'll be covering that too, as long as uh, whatever, whatever else we've been up to. Joey and his six other podcasts, yeah. <laughs> like half the network, but <laughs> but they're all good. So that's that's great. I love the Fast and Furious podcast probably the most because I love the, that franchise. So um, I've been actually watching the movies. So like you know they're doing the la- they're going to watch them forever. Yeah. So I'm like watching them with them forever yeah. from the comfort of my own home until they have me on the show at some point. <laughs> so then when I'm finally on the show, I can be like, guys, I've been watching them as much as you guys have been watching yeah. them. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's so much fun. <laughs> well, and you guys can find all of these again on CageClub.me and then uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Just, you know, search Cage Club, and then you'll find all the other great podcasts underneath it. Obviously, Foodie Films as well. And, uh, Mike, we have... I don't think I've ever called you Mike. That felt really weird. Manzi. That is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I say Michael when I'm like, you know, like a joke series, but I never say Mike. I say Manzi. I never noticed that. Yeah. Oh. You just, you got a good last Keep name it. that... Yeah. Uh, I, I hate people calling me by my last name. It was like jerks growing up that called me by my last name, so I never. I, that's what I said. I, I feel like I mean this is more of a Brian thing for high school show, but like I yeah. feel like in high school everyone went by their last name. Well, that, yeah, it was like a very. I mean, I think Almost, in, the, in, a, in a lot of ways. At yeah. least clo- I mean, my friends and I always like yeah. yeah. But right, Manzi's yeah, cool. So, yeah, Manzi, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Manzi, we uh, we have. I liked it having one so much on PS. I love Hoffman, oh. so we do have a finishing line. And I wanted okay. this since it's cooking, and cooking is just you know love and family. You were saying one of your favorite dishes, you know, or cuisine was what I mean. Your mom yeah. cooking for yeah. you. So um, this is something that my grandmother. Uh, always says when she cooks uh, a big meal. She always says, "There's more to cut." So that and I feel like there's, there's more like, to cut. There's more to cut. So I feel like that's just like a nice theme to life in general. There's always there's oh, you know yeah. more out there. So if you could say it right now for the foodie fans, there's more to cut. Beautiful. Thank that's you. A, que bella. <laughs> bon appetit. Bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy.